When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, there's something truly remarkable about natural processes playing out in our own aquariums, as they've done for, you know, uncounted eons in the wild. Now, to a certain extent, every aquarium that we work with relies on certain natural processes to occur within it. However, in many conventional approaches, a hobbyist will make every effort to limit some of the parts of natural processes which they find to be unattractive or excessive, which is a word I hear tossed around on YouTube about stuff which offends some people's aesthetic sensibilities like detritus, fungal growth, tinted water, etc., etc. All the stuff that we seem to embrace in our world is kind of funny. Now, understanding, accepting, and celebrating that bloom, that explosion of fungal growths, biofilms, and the processes of decomposition and mineralization and so forth is all part of that mental shift towards accepting and appreciating a more truly natural-looking, natural-functioning aquarium. It's the price of admission, if you will, along with the tinted water, the decomposing leaves, etc., etc. The metaphorical dues that you pay, which ultimately go hand-in-hand with the envious oohs and ahs of other hobbyists who admire your completed aquarium when they see it for the first time. And that happens. It's like a quiet little storm of life that comes to your tank. Now, starting a new botanical aquarium is an exciting, a fun, and interesting time. And the process of creating your own, you know, your aquarium is shockingly easy, decidedly unstressful, and extremely engaging. The main ingredients that you need are vision, a bit of knowledge, and patience. Oh, and a bit of meta, you know, phys- philosophical adjustment, a mental shift. Bringing your tank from a clean, dry, static display to a living, breathing microcosm filled with life is really an amazing process. This, to me, is the most exciting part of keeping botanical method aquariums, or any aquarium for that matter. And in botanical method aquariums, our approach is slightly different. Well, how do we usually do it? Well, for many hobbyists, we've been more or less indoctrinated to clean the sand that we're going to use, age the water, you know, scrub and soak the wood, arrange plants, and then add the fishes. And that works, of course. It's a basic formula that we used for over a century in the modern aquarium world. Yet, I'm surprised how we as a hobby have managed to turn what, to me, is one of the most inspiring, fascinating, and important parts Uh, of our practice or hobby journey into what is more or less a checklist to be run through, an obstacle, a a gauntlet to be ran to our ultimate enjoyment of our aquariums. And when you think about it, setting the stage for life in our aquariums is the single most important thing that we do. If we utilize a slightly different mindset and deploy a lot more patience for the process, we start to look at things a bit differently. We don't lose our shit if the water gets a little bit turbid or if there's a botanical, a, a, a haze of botanical detritus accumulated on the substrate. You just wait it out. What's the big rush, right? And guess what? We don't have to start a tank with brand new right from the bag substrate when we're starting or for that matter, remodeling our tank. Of course not. 
We can utilize some or all of the old substrate from the existing aquarium or another well-established healthy tank. We've done this as a hobby for generations for the purpose of jump-starting bacterial growth for the purpose of providing a different aesthetic as well. And you can and should take it further. Use that slightly biofilm or algae-covered piece of driftwood or rock in your brand new tank or some fungal colonized partially decomposed leaves from the established tank that you have. This does help rapidly foster a habit, you know, a habitat more favorable to the continued proliferation of microorganisms, fungi, and other creatures which comprise an important part of the closed aquarium ecosystems that we love so much. The bloom, as we call it. In fact, in a botanical method aquarium, facilitating the rapid growth of such biota is foundational. It's the whole game. It's something that we should absolutely be embracing. <clears throat> now, don't confuse healthy with dirty looking. We hear this a lot. And we're going to talk about this again and again in the coming months because there's so many new people coming into this sort of hobby specialty. So you'll hear me mention it to the point where you just want to smack me, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> look, it's okay for your tank to look a bit, I don't know, worn or broken in right from the start. In fact, I think most of us actually would prefer that. It's okay to embrace this and from a functional and an aesthetic standpoint. Look, Employ good husbandry, careful observation, and common sense when you're starting and managing your new aquarium. But don't obsess over pristine, especially in those first hours and days or even weeks. The aquarium still has to clear a few metaphorical hurdles in order to be a stable environment for life to thrive. It's the same when you're, I don't know, remodeling an existing aquarium. Uh, lately, I've been in a sort of a restless, sort of unusual for me mindset for the, most of the summer and into the fall. And I admit I've been a little bit bored with some of the ideas I've been playing with over the last year or two. So it seemed right to shake up things a little bit and move forward. And there was no sense in simply trashing all of my well-established tanks while I iterate new ideas. Yeah, there's no sense in completely tearing a tank apart, scrubbing it, and starting from a pristine zero biology point. Just utilize the elements of the tank, you know, substrate, leaf litter, etc., which are appropriate for your new idea, and continue on. This, of this is, of course, a natural analog to what happens, an analog to what happens in nature. I was going to say a natural analog to, to nature. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> the idea of keeping your aquariums more or less intact while moving on to new uh, iterations is just something most of us do or should do. In other words, let's say you're kind of over your Southeast Asian cryptocurine dominated biotope and you're ready to head you know, west to South America or east to South America, excuse me. So rather than tearing up the entire tank, removing all the plants, the hardscape and the leaves and the botanicals and the substrate, you opt to remove, say, only the plants and maybe the driftwood or some of the rocks or whatever from the tank, exchange a little bit of the water, boom. Wow, you're a rebel, right? I know, I know, not really. I mean, this isn't exactly earth-shattering, right? On the other hand, in the world of the botanical method aquarium, the idea of leaving the substrate and leaf litter bed intact as you remodel is absolutely not a crazy one. And conceptually, it does sort of replicate what occurs in nature, right? Well, think about it for a second. As we almost constantly discussed here, uh, habitats like flooded forests, meadows, vernal pools, igarape, and swollen streams tend to encompass terrestrial habitats or go through phases where they are terrestrial habitats for a good part of the year. And in these wild habitats, the leaves, the branches, the soils, and the other materials remain in place, or they're added to by dynamic seasonal processes like wind and uh, rain and so forth. For the most part, though, the soil, the branches, and a fair amount of the more durable seed pods and stuff like that remain present during both the terrestrial and the aquatic phases. 
Now, one thing that's unique about a botanical method aquarium approach is that we tend to accept the idea of these decomposing materials in our systems and, and let them accumulate. We understand that they act to a certain extent as fuel for the micro and macro fauna which reside in our aquariums. The idea of leaving this material in place or in play over the longer term is a crucial component of this approach. As we've discussed repeatedly, just like in nature, they'll also form the basis of a complex food chain, which includes bacterial biofilms, fungi, and minute crustaceans. Each one of these life forms supporting to some extent those above, including our fishes. I've long believed that if you decide to let the botanicals remain in, uh, in, in your aquarium to break down and decompose completely, that you shouldn't change course by suddenly removing the material all at once, particularly if you're going to add to a new ver- or going to create a new version in an existing aquarium. Well, why? Pretty logical. I think my theory is steeped in the mindset that you've created a little ecosystem, and if you start removing a significant port, you know, source of somebody's food or, for that matter, their home, there's bound to be a net loss of biota, and this could lead to a disruption of the very biological processes that we aim to foster. Okay, it's a theory, but I think I might be onto something. So, like, here's my theory in a bit more detail. <clears throat> Excuse me. Simply look at the botanical method aquarium. like any aquarium, of course, as that little microcosm with processes and life forms dependent upon each other for food, for shelter, and other aspects of their existence. And I really believe that the environment of this type of aquarium, because it relies on botanical materials, seed pods, and stuff like that, is more significantly influenced by the amount and composition of said material to operate successfully over time. So think about that. Just like in nature and natural aquatic ecosystems, the botanical materials are a real base for the little microcosm that we create. It's not aquascaping props. And of course, by virtue of the fact that they contain other compounds like tannins, humic substances, lignin, all kinds of stuff, they also serve to influence the water chemistry of the aquarium, the extent to which is dictated by a number of other things, including the starting point of the source water used to fill the tank. So in short, I think the presence of botanicals in our aquariums is a kind of a multifaceted, highly influential, and and, and very important Uh, factor for the stability, the ecological balance, and the efficiency that your tanks can operate under. Okay, I might just be torturing this simple idea to get to death, and I admit that at this point I'm probably not adding much more to the recipe. Like, simply being redundant and maybe even a bit vague. However, I think we need to think about how interesting this simple practice is. Understand and facilitate these natural processes in your aquariums. Keep that in mind when you iterate an aquarium or remodel it. Iterate, I love that word. Understand that. If you're months into a tank and simply don't like the look or the performance or or whatever, you can easily change it. It's a lot like catching a continuously running commuter train or subway. Nature is always moving. You you can just step off and step on at any time and change the scenery a little bit. But you have to understand what's going on in your system. Now, part of the beauty of the Botanical Method Aquarium is that you could sort of pick up pick it up where you are and ride it out for a while or change the routing as you desire. Start your aquarium as an Amazonian habitat, but you're suddenly enamored with a more Asian or African look. Keep the operating system intact, but change out some of the elements. Super easy, right? It is, if you let it be that way. Evolution's not only fun to watch, it's a lot of fun to manage as well. And it's even more fun to have the option to do both. Stay patient, stay curious, stay motivated, stay with me, stay bold, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tin and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of the Tint.